Well, welcome back, Chris. Good to be together again. Yes, good to be here. And uh, we are today talking about the surprising habit, right, of resilient people. So the surprising habit of highly resilient people. I'm like, well, let's just break the surprise right now. So what is this surprising habit? It is storytelling. Yeah, storytelling. Like, who would have ever thought storytelling was really uh, all that related to joy? But you think about it, you know, when you're with friends and you're sharing a lot of joy with your friends, you're almost always... Telling tell stories. stories, right? You're telling yeah. stories. So, can yeah. you give us a like an example or a peek of what we mean by a, a joy story? Yeah. So, a joy story would be just thinking about a special joy moment and then sharing that in such a way that you use enough words to just try to you know paint a picture, but you're also conveying the joy. And so, for example, on uh, just I had a chance yesterday interacting with my sons. I was driving them to school. And on the way to school, uh, we were thinking about some highlights from the past couple of days. And it's fun when I see how excited they get when they remember something special. It's usually our dogs because they love our dogs. (laughs) Um, But just watching that excitement in them, it changes the whole atmosphere in the car, Marcus. And all we're doing is thinking about some special moments, joyful moments, and we're putting words to that and we're feeling it, we're sharing it. We all just come alive. You get more energy. You're just glad to be together when those stories yeah, are happening. It is pretty funny. It's like my my I get, I'm getting pictures of my uh, Thanksgiving dinners at my home. Or it felt like for years, like if if we wanted everybody to be laughing, and they would all tell stories of times when me as a kid, <laughs> when I w- I was. I was an athlete, but I was clumsy at the same. Uh-oh. It was kind of one of those things where uh, I ended up with twenty-seven stitches, oh. like from seven different, you know, accidents, and, and we would be rolling, laughing, just recalling all of the uh, crazy <laughs> things that led to getting stitches, yep. you know. And, and so, again, it doesn't always have to be a happy yeah, story, right. but it's like right. you're you're doing things where you you share this together, yeah, and right. allows you to come back. So when we talk yeah. about storytelling, we're we're saying highly relational people, highly resilient people are good at telling stories that include emotions, yes. right? So these aren't just right. stories for having stories sake, but we want to tell some stories that are just joyful stories. But then there's other stories that have to do with recovery. Yeah. And that is of a time when I faced an upsetting emotion, but uh, I dealt with it. And by the time I'm done with that story, I have a point to make. And that is either this is how I acted like myself in the midst of this, or this is how I was able to return to joy uh, going through this, or even this is what I wish I would have done, right? I didn't actually handle that all that well. Uh, Like I remember in high school getting in a a fight with my coach. It's like I was a senior and uh, I was upset and there was uh, something had happened. My emotions got peaked, his emotions got peaked. And I was like, fine, if that's the way it is, I quit. Right and and here I am. I'm a I'm a I'm a three-year varsity letterman. I am captain of the baseball team. Right. I am uh, should know better at some level, but so should he. Right. He yeah. was also kind of immature, and we both just got immature at each other and blew up. And he's like, fine, and I'm like, fine. And all of a sudden, in a moment of frustration, I did not handle my anger well. He didn't handle his anger well, and all of a sudden, we got a problem, right? So I ended up benched for about four day, four games, uh, all because I did not know how to handle anger and remain relational with the anger. It wasn't a skill I had developed yet. So I look back. So like that's an example yeah. of a story where 
it didn't end well. It didn't handle it well. Mm. But now I realize I learned a lesson from that. Yeah. About I need to be careful that I remain relational even yeah. when I get angry because it, it's not going to end well. Yeah. It probably ruined any chance I had of a, a scholarship. Costly. Because I was oh. I was all, I was still voted to the All Star like the conference All Star team even wow. missing four games being benched. So it's like I, all that was laid out there. Wow. It's just, so sometimes we have stories that just teach us lessons. Right. And sometimes yeah. there are stories that illustrate, you know, yeah. healthy ways to uh, handle our That's emotions. Right. That's right. And you know what they found, Marcus, in studying stories? They've, with permission, they, they did a study where they put recorders in houses with people who were reported to have like really joyful marriages, happy families, happy marriages. And what they did, what they discovered listening to these people interact, these families interact, is there were lots of stories told, stories of us reflecting on those those moments, right, of joy, or those moments where maybe there wasn't some joy, but maybe we found joy later. Um, so these these happy families and, and joyful marriages, they told a lot of stories, and that was the thread woven through all these families is they told a lot of stories. Yeah. Well, and I think about my wife's family, and they were constantly telling families about their parents mm-hmm. and their grandparents mm-hmm. and, and, and collective multi-generational mm-hmm. stories, right? Yeah. They had, uh, going back to, uh, on one side of her family, went back to mm-hmm. Amish, wow. right? And they, they had all nice. these cool family oh, stories, and they had another side that went back to Hillbilly. Wow. <laughs> and they had a whole different kind of stories, but I mean, they were fun. But in both cases, you'd listen to the family, sit around the table, and they were telling stories and making everybody laugh, making yep. Everybody smile. It was really uh, creating a lot of joy. So that's why I would say the ability to tell a good joy story is really important. Yeah. So in our next uh, episode, we're going to talk about the four steps of a of a joy story, how that all works. What we want to camp out here really is this idea of resilience as recovering from upsetting emotions. And one of the uh, great insights we learned from Dr. Wilder uh, was uh, that there are six. Um, some people call them different things, but yeah. big negative emotions or six big protector emotions. Yeah. And uh, those, uh, to, to remember them, uh, came up with the acrostic sad, sad, to help me remember these six emotions. And so sad, sad, the first one, sadness, yeah. right? The next one is anger, yeah. right? Then there's disgust. And we're going to go back through these, shame, shame. And then afraid, yeah, and it right. kind of fear yeah. and anxiety are, are sister emotions yeah. that uh, we'll explain a bit in a minute. And then there's despair. despair. That's good. So uh, let, let's walk through these a little okay. bit, help people understand. Yeah. First of all, these six, one of the reasons these are foundational is that they, they form kind of like a color wheel of negative emotions. That yeah, is, you pair them together. That's right. And you yeah. can, and by pairing them together with various uh, levels and various, you know, combinations, you get pretty much all of the negative emotions that we feel. Yeah. That's so, right. yeah, that's right. And these are like just these are the hardwired emotions, and it's helpful for people to know that there's there's six. But I like how you said it. There's a color wheel. There's a color wheel of re, of reactions that we can feel. Yeah. So let's uh, let's just start with sadness. And then one of the things we find about these emotions is they all do different things to our bodies. Yeah. All right. So when we're going to tell stories about our emotions, it's helpful to include in those stories how an emotion made my body feel. Yeah. Right. Great. So, for example, can you describe for us a little bit of what happens in my body when I feel sad? Yeah. You know, sadness is when we feel like we've lost some life. And so when sadness is loaded loaded in our brain, 
uh, you notice that you might lose a little bit of energy, right? Yeah. You're just sad. You might sulk, right? Your body just kind of hangs. And you feel sadness as kind of a heavy blanket, Marcus. That's a good way I like to put it. Sadness is like a heavy blanket. You just feel like you're carrying around. And you don't have a lot of motivation when you're feeling sad. And so, yeah, good. it's really good to put words to that. How does sadness show up in your body? Yeah, and sometimes we uh, get sad when we're thinking about our past. Yeah. And we think about, oh, I missed out on this. I yeah. missed that. I wish I had had that. I wish I'd had that. You know, or, man, I missed that person or I missed those days. And we can feel sad thinking about the past. We can feel sad thinking about the future. Yeah. Right? We can feel sad thinking about our present. And when that sadness comes on us, it can just feel like, oh, you know, yeah. take a deep breath in a wrong direction, right? In the yeah. sense that I just don't have energy. That's right. And so that's why we say before there are two of these sad, sad emotions are high energy, and that's the anger and the and the yeah. being afraid. That's right. And then these others are like low energy. They suck the life out of you. Yeah. So if I'm going to tell a story about being sad, for example, it's like a time like, oh, I remember, yeah, I really miss something. Do you have any good sad stories that you uh, used or heard in the training that you do? Yeah, here's some really good sad ones. And you know, I, one of the sad stories that often comes to mind for me is when my favorite restaurant closed down, Marcus. It was a place that I would go to often uh, where I used to work. And I knew the people that worked there and it was just wonderful food, but more importantly, wonderful staff. And I remember one day showing up at this restaurant just with a little bit of anticipation. Yeah. And they were closed and there was a sign in the window, like out of business. And I can remember just feeling deflated. I actually called my parents and I was like, can you believe this place closed? Because they also love this place. So just feeling deflated, feeling kind of heavy, um, but also, um, recognizing, you know, it is like me to be sad about something I care about and just kind of, yeah, not having the good food, but more importantly, some of those good friendships that I uh, had started there. Yeah, and that's part of it. So part of the, the key in that story that I listened to it is you you recognize the emotion, right? You felt the emotion, how it affected yeah. your body. And then you were like, but I realize that it's kind of like me to feel this way, that that's not a bad thing to feel this emotion. Yeah. It's not... Three. That's that's a normal reaction, and yeah. um, so that helps me be okay mm -hmm. to realize that it's kind of like me. In fact, sometimes yeah. when you notice that you do feel some of these emotions, it helps you to know something about yourself. You can learn something yeah, like, you know right. what, I care that's about right. these things, and that's why it hurts. And it's yeah. like maybe that's a, that's a good thing ultimately. That's right, and that is really so important, Marcus. Like there there's good reasons you are sad about the things that you're sad about. And that's actually a good reflection that you're someone who cares. Yeah, that's good. Well, let's uh, let's go to uh, uh, the next one, anger, right? Where I get really angry. Now, you got a great story in the book about uh, running into an angry guy yeah. at an airport, right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. having to navigate that, which is uh, also something you talk about, not only my own fe feelings, like yeah. having to navigate those, but dealing with other people's big emotions. Now, in this case, his big anger was causing fear for you, right? Yeah. So, yeah. He, you know, tell us a little bit. I think that's worth resharing. Yeah. That story. So, the story was when I was trying to board an airplane with some friends, and they cut us off before we could board the airplane. And so, they told us we couldn't board. And the guy behind me threw his bags down and he started yelling and swearing. He just lost it, gloriously yeah. lost it. <laughs> 
and you're right. losing it, and there was glory. This was a gloriously losing, yeah, yeah, losing okay. it, and I was like getting out of there. I didn't want to be around this guy. Really, nobody wanted to be on the receiving end of his fury. Um, but what happened, right, is uh, eventually I felt like I was. Um, I felt like I should pray with that man, Marcus, and he had yelled at a lot of people. His face was red, like you could see the veins popping in his neck. And I felt How like are I you was, feeling? I was pretty anxious about the whole yeah. thing because I thought, this guy's going to hurt me if I go talk <laughs> yeah. to him. Right. So I was feeling some not, fear. You're, so you're not feeling bold and <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go pray for him. Not at all. Man, I know yeah. you, know, you were like, I'm with some trepidation yeah, There here, was right? a lot of trepidation. And, um, and I had a colleague actually confirm. She looked at me while I was having this conversation in my head with the Lord. And she said, Chris... I think you're supposed to go pray with that man. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I can't get out of it now. Yeah. So I went and I approached him and I asked if I could pray for him. And, and he allowed me to pray for him. And when, when I was done praying, I looked up Marcus and he had tears rolling down his face. And I thought, there's a story here. And he, he paused and he said, wait a minute, I have to go do something. And he, he went back to every person that he yelled at and he apologized. And you know, basically asked for forgiveness. And he came back to our group, and he. I found out the story was he had just recently been uh, diagnosed with the severe cancer, yeah. and he was on a trip to get help. And he was trying to get home to his wife and daughters. And so there was this huge story here, and of course he couldn't get on the airplane to get home, and he had some big feelings about that. Yeah. And so thankfully, at that point at least, um, I'd at least started practicing some of these exercises in our book. So even though I was afraid. I was able to stay relationally connected with him, and that yeah. Because normally, if you're living out of a fear house, right? If you're living out of your fear house, you just avoid that altogether. Yeah. Or you meet anger with anger. Yes. Right. That's right. You, know, you better get out of here. Yeah. And so those tend to be the two, the two main options. But instead, you are able to act like yourself, yeah. and you say, "It is like me to step into a situation like this and try to be a comforting presence." Yeah. And that was uh, exactly what he needed, yeah. and it was ex- it was able to help you both uh, find some restoration and, and to. Yeah. It was a good demonstration of resilience. That's yeah. why we say that you know this storytelling is a surprising mm-hmm. habit related to building resilient yeah. lifestyle. That's right. So we could go through all of these. So when mm-hmm. I'm feeling, let's go through the the, the low energy emotions okay. first. So there was sadness and there's disgust. Can you describe yeah. disgust a little bit and what's going on in the body? Yeah. So disgust is when something is not life giving and you, you kind of want to get away from it. So um, I can remember a time I ate some bread that was a little too old and uh, <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> d- yeah, it wasn't a good experience, but I felt some disgust like, Oh, that is not good. And I don't want to get close to that anymore. So disgust is something is not life-giving, and you just want to get away from it. And your your body just kind of coils, recoils, like, oh, you know, get that away. And you see disgust on the face, right? It shows up in the face like, oh, get that away. And you have strong reactions, just like I did with with the bread that day. And so it's like, oh, this is not life-giving. This is not good. Get this away from me. And that's disgust. We just, yeah, it's something is not good and you yeah, I've heard away. it described as this. Uh, it makes you want to vomit, right? Yeah. It makes you just get this out of here. Yeah. So, so helps understand that there is a physical reaction that comes with disgust. Yeah. It's actually low energy emotion yeah. that makes you feel like I just want to get this thing away from me. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next one. Shame. Shame. Shame, Shame uh, triggers something that makes you just want to 
like hang your head, it right? It's like, what is going on there? Is it the vagus nerve? Yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah it's a reflex. Yeah, so like often when we feel some shame, or I've observed my sons when they were little, they'd feel some shame over something, and they kind of hang their head. It is a reflex, and you just, you don't really, you, you know, you see that you're not bringing joy to someone, and you don't want to look at them anymore, and you just kind of hang your head. And you want to hide. You know, yeah. when I feel shame, I just want to go hide. And it's like, oh, I'm not... I'm not being a source of life here. Someone's not glad to be with me. And healthy shame is just, you know, there's some kind of behavior that I need to correct. Um, so there's toxic shame, which is like, well, you're bad. And you yeah. know, toxic shame is not what we're talking about. Healthy shame is just, you know, I'm not, I'm not treating you well. Yeah. And for whatever reason, you might say, Chris, you know, you're hurting my feelings when you do this. And I just want you to know that. And I would feel some shame. I'm not being a source of life. Yep. So we all have to learn how to feel that emotion and recover. Yeah. Now, recovering from toxic shame involves a whole lot of other steps besides yeah. just the, the natural shame that we all feel from yeah. time to time. And, uh, but learning how to return to joy from shame is a huge component uh, of resilience. Yeah. So there's sadness, there's shame, there's disgust, and then there's despair. Those are the four low energy emotions. Tell us a little bit about despair. Yeah, do we feel despair when we don't have the time or the resources to, to do something? And so I might have a deadline at work, and I feel despair when I see how much work it needs to be done and I don't have the time to do it. So we, we quickly do the math, and we don't have what we need. And we just the, the response for your brain would be, I'm feeling some hopelessness here. I don't have yeah. what I need. Yeah, there's, I don't, this feels impossible, yes. right? I, it feels impossible. And so that's deflating. It takes the energy out. It does. So storytelling is involved by telling stories of times we, that we felt these emotions, where we have felt low, we felt down about these things. But... There was a point to the story then, and that is how I was able to recover. Was there somebody who helped me recover? Yeah. Did I just do something that helped me bounce back from it? Uh, was there... Uh, was I able to act like myself there or did I turn into a different person? Mm -hmm. You know, like when I faced my anger with that high school coach, I turned into a different person. I did not act like myself. It wasn't like mm -hmm. me to handle things that way. Yeah. And so it was, uh, you, our, our stories have a point to them. So in our next yeah, episode, sorry. we're going to dive more into what is this storytelling process? How does this work exactly? Uh, how do we tell a good story? So we're going to talk about that then. In the meantime, if this stuff has been helpful to you, encourage you to come to the uh, fourhabits.org website uh, where you will find links to the three books that Chris and I have written together. Now, you've also got a book called The Joy Switch, yeah. and yeah. Uh, that has got a lot of great information. But this is uh, The Four Habits of Joy-Filled People, yeah. The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages, and The Four Habits of Raising Joy-Filled Kids. We've also got a 28-day challenge. It's called The 28 days to joy challenge you're going to find a banner there at the website click on it chris has put together uh 28 days of exercises to help you jump start jump start your journey to joy so uh check us out for habits.org